Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Dentistry Podcast. Um, I'm Gabby Bissett um, and as you are probably all aware by now, I, I host the podcast here at Dentistry. Um, I'm joined today by Thomas Dixon, the founder and managing director of Wealthwide. And we are going to be talking about ESG investing today, which I find is very topical. So I'm very excited about this conversation. How, how are you today, Thomas? Yep, all good. Thanks. Uh, great to be here. Excellent. Um, yes, yeah, so we've got a lot of questions here, and I think I'm going to be learning a lot on this podcast as well. Um, so ESG, um, from what research I've done, stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. But I think you are much better positioned to explain what this actually means. And, and I mean, it's also known as ethical investing. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. There's various different uh, types of, of names for it, sort of sustainable investment or responsible investment. Um, but ESG and sustainable, they're kind of interchangeable, really. Okay. And um, um, what, what actually is ESG investing? So it's, yeah, it stands for, as you said, environmental, social and governance. And these are the issues that are faced by, by companies. So environmental could be things like um, greenhouse gas emissions, energy efficiency, renewable energy, that kind of thing. Social issues is um, access to health care, like health and safety in the work, employment rights, child labor, that kind of thing. And then governance issues is executive compensation. So how much, um, you know, uh, executives are paid, bribery, corruption, whistleblowing policies, that kind of thing. So it, it's it's all the issues that are faced by companies that are that are important. Um, and investors want to make sure that they're investing in companies that, that treat this stuff seriously. Mm. So obviously, the, the, what you just said there is something that's that's very topical, like I mentioned earlier. And it's these these kinds of issues that people are sort of told to to care about, I think, when making choices and decisions in business and in our personal lives as well. But how, how, what is the sort of demand for this at the moment? How interested are companies? Yeah, so, I mean, how interested are companies and how interested are investors? I think, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the investors that we see, we, we work with dentists throughout the whole country, and a lot of them are already making changes. They're, they're, they're buying fuel-efficient cars, they're buying locally-produced stuff uh, or organic stuff from the supermarket they're you know avoiding companies with you know if, if, if they know they've got poor records on em- employment or pollution um it, it's you know until recently <clears throat> most investors haven't had a great lot of opportunity and certainly the fund management industry hasn't done a huge amount recently um about about investment portfolio sustainability so this is a you know it's a but certainly since COP26, it's a massively growing you know, industry. If you look at the FT, all the adverts are, are all about sustainability and investment. So it's something that is growing. You know, it's, it's massively more, more of, of, of interest. Um, and I would say most clients. So we've been talking about it to clients the last couple of years, just kind of raising it as an issue and saying this is something we're looking into. We're, we're, we're trying to. Uh, create a, a, an investment range and I'd say in 90% of clients that we speak to are very interested and just say listen as soon as you've got it ready we'll we'll move we're we're ready to we want to put our financial capital to to better use you know we're already doing lots of things with cars and traveling less and um, you know we want to make make the most of the money that we've got as well well that's that's fantastic to hear that people are taking these steps and are interested did you do you find that it's have you had a spike in interest since cop 26 has that been a a topic that's that's encouraged more people to be having these conversations uh no i I I don't think we've had a specific it's not i would say it's mostly driven from us 
Um, so we we drive the conversation and we say, listen, we've got this, you know, sustainability range. Are you interested in the answers? You know, pretty always yes. Most people would rather leave the climate in a better place than than when they found it. Um, but I, I I wouldn't say it's it's naturally coming from them and they're sort of emailing us saying, you know, I'm not happy with my investment portfolio. I I, I want to invest green. I guess it's kind of raising the profile of that, though, indirectly, I guess. I mean, it's been such a massive conversation that's been going on over the last few weeks, um, rightly so, obviously. And I think perhaps they may not be connected, but this kind of idea of being green and making sustainable decisions is something that's definitely on the rise, as I'm sure you can um, you can agree with. I mean... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate here a little bit. And I think when it comes to things like this, some people may ask the question, how, how much good is it actually doing? What is, how is this helping the world? And I, I think that would be a question that listeners will be asking as well. So what, what does this do? How does this make an impact? Yeah, that, that, and that would be a very good question um, because actually the reality is what we found is it is really difficult to, to, to quantify a direct and measurable impact on, on what, what you know what the investors trying to avoid um it, it is difficult um and working out you know what what you know what what the effect has been on on emissions for example um by investing like this is is you know almost impossible to work out. and in fact i would almost suggest to listeners that they they're very careful about what they hear because it is so difficult i would encourage them to um to be skeptical about about whatever they're being told. I mean, I, we we've seen certainly in our research we've been doing for the last eighteen months, we've seen examples of of funds claiming that that you know their funds compared to say the FTSE one hundred can reduce carbon emissions by almost sixty percent. So, at, you know, but what you know they then say, well, if you invested a hundred thousand, um, that actually you reduce annual emissions by 136 tonnes of carbon dioxide, things like this. And it's very specific. You know, well, it's very specific, but also the reality is our approach is that it's we we don't necessarily, well, A, we don't believe that's the case. Um, and that's because we, the thing is, if, if you buy um, a green share and, and, and you sell your, your bad share, if you like, the reality is someone else is buying your bad share. So nothing's actually changing. You know, if, if you've got an investment portfolio of 100,000 in the FTSE 100, say, and you sell them to someone else to buy this green portfolio, nothing is actually changing. It's a it's secondary market. Hands, it's just swapping hands. Yeah. In fact, you could almost argue that it's worse because you're selling it to an investor that doesn't care about the environment by definition or certainly cares less about the environment than you do. So our approach is, or that we would encourage our approach uh, to all investors, is to seek an engagement approach where you're investing in funds that, rather than just disinvest from all the bad stocks, you actually you invest in funds that have an engaged approach where they, they go to the companies that they, they own um, and they they try and drive change um, rather than just avoiding them. And there's lots of you know there's lots of good examples of of, of that kind of thing. I mean that that was going to be my next question. What what kind of examples do you have of, of this helping the world? Yeah, so a good example was earlier this year. So back in May 21. Um, I mean, some of your listeners will have heard of it because I'd certainly heard it on Radio Four at the time. Um, but there was a, a hedge fund, quite well, not not a very well known one called Engine Number One, and I think they own about 0.02% of ExxonMobil. So, you know, tiny shareholding. Um, but they put forward a motion at, at uh, ExxonMobil's AGM to vote some nominees onto the board of directors to drive a, you know, a, a better, raw, you know, more robust approach to 
you know, a post-oil world, if you like. Anyway, they they managed to gain three of twelve seats, um, which was quite you know was quite a big news at the time. Um, and it, it it managed to do this because there are other funds that invest in ExxonMobil, like um, BlackRock, Vanguard, um, and as a result of getting these big man, you know, massive fund managers on on side, they managed to get three of 12 seats where and that that's part of the engagement thing is that there, there's far more likelihood that they can they can drive change and 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 create a better company in the future for ExxonMobil um, than just by selling out and, and not owning them at all yeah no I see what you mean from when you were talking about earlier these 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 companies sort of making claims that they are making this difference how how, how can people avoid the wrong investment how can investors make sure that they are putting their money somewhere where there is actually going to sort of be a drive towards change uh yeah i mean a simple way would be to you know read a prospectus so all the funds have have an investment prospectus so you can you can read them um and you can you know find out all about what the company's doing uh, you can read about what the the company's exclusion policies are so you know they might say well we you know we avoid um you know all um tobacco or pornography or um uh, you know, cluster munitions, uh, you know, manufacturers, um, and uh, and you can you know you can dig down into you know how the portfolio is constructed, um, so you can see what you know like the top ten holdings are. Um, but I mean, yeah, again, as I said earlier, it, it's it, it's really it's difficult, it's tricky, it's not a it's not a it's not an easy easy thing to do. Um, it's still, I would say, although ethical or green investments have been around for you know a long time in terms of the metrics and and the ability to report on them it is still fairly fairly early days um and the regulator hasn't quite caught up with the market um certainly not in the uk um but things have happened in the eu so earlier this year march march earlier uh, march 21 um the eu introduced a system like a classification system um for you know for being able to work out what credentials what esg credentials a fund had um <clears throat> And that's that's and that was mainly to tackle this greenwashing problem, um, and and the, the funds have to choose whether they're you know, Article Six, which is like neutral, or Article Eight, which is light green, or Article Nine where they're dark green. And that that's kind of that would be useful a useful indices for um, for investors to be able to um, to be able to see. But it's you know there's not there's we don't have that legislation in the UK yet. But I, I suspect this will happen because it you know the whole market in this space is moving quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was actually going to ask how far that applies to us, given that obviously Brexit has now gone ahead. Um, how how has this impacted it all here in the UK? Is it has it had any any uh, significant effect on how things are progressing, or is it is it yet to be seen? How do you mean in terms of the Brexit issue? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, if we were still part of EU, then we might have been part of that legislation, and we would have had to have mm. been, you know, following along. As it is, we now have to create our own legislation in the UK, and um, you know, it may maybe maybe similar or, or maybe very different to what the EU have done. Um, but certainly, I would say we're we're now, you know, we're behind on what the EU is doing. It's a case of just sitting tight, maybe, and and seeing where we go from here. Yeah, I mean, in the, in, in the meantime, we, you know, there are there are there are things we can do. You know, ESG funds do exist, um, and investors can create a, a you know, an ethical or, or a mm. environmentally sound investment portfolio. That it, it exists already. Yeah, for sure. 
And what, what are you guys doing about this? So, so what, what role does Wealthwide play? So we've, so as I say, we've been talking about the clients for quite a long time um, and, and we've had some really good feedback. So we decided 18 months ago that we were definitely going to create an investment range. Uh, unfortunately, it's not quite as quick as you'd hope. There's a lot of due diligence, <laughs> um, a lot of things that go into, you know, making a sound investment range. Uh, and we've taken our time, to be fair. We haven't, we haven't rushed it. it. We wanted to get it 100% right. Um, and it needed to fit with our existing investment philosophy. So we have quite a clear um, existing investment philosophy um, and we wanted to stick to that. So we, you know, we think a, a portfolio should be globally diversified. We think it should be low cost. That's really important to us. Uh, we, we want a range of portfolios from defensive and cautious right up to adventurous or, or speculative to sort of fit a range of, of needs that our clients have. Um, and one of the things that we we insist on, which might sound obvious, but, but um, we want our clients to have a good investment experience. So, you know, a lot of a lot of the things that we we build have to you know uh, have to encapsulate all of them what we wanted to do in addition to that is that we wanted this additional screen so that we could buy funds that engaged with with companies so that we could you know prove that we're we're making a difference um and uh yeah so that's all come together we we we've we've now got an, an investment range we've called it the wealthwide positive futures um investment range we're launching it on the 6th we're officially launching on the 6th I mean, it's already available um now to some of our clients but we're officially launching on the 6th of december um and we're we're pretty confident that it's going to be our default investment option we don't think there's any reason why a client wouldn't want to invest in that rather than anything else i mean it's not going to be compulsory existing clients can invest you know in the existing range or or that's you know or they can do 50 50 um but we think given you know given what's happening in the market and given where what people are already doing personally um we think that there's every reason that they would want to invest in in a you know have a more sustainable investment approach yeah absolutely um i can imagine you've got quite a, a wide range of clients um in terms of their experience and i think one question that, that listeners might be asking, particularly if they're um, quite new to invest investments um, and they're not quite sure what they're all about or what steps to take. I think they might be wondering, sort of, what would your first steps be for them? What would you encourage maybe rookie investors? Yeah, I, I mean, the first thing kind of almost before the ESG bit would be to to work out what level of investment risk they want to take. Um, so are they are they low risk or are they they high risk? Um you know, a, a younger dentist who's who's um, investing, say, five hundred pound a month, they might be quite happy with with a higher allocation towards investment risk. Whereas, you know, a retired dentist in their seventies is who's maybe taking money out of their investments is probably wanting to take a lower level of investment risk. Um, and once they've once they've worked that out, um, and there's various tools that that you can use to to help map your your tolerance to investment risk. Um, but you then need to you then need to work out what your asset allocation strategy is. Now that might sound like a bunch of jargon, um, but all that is 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 working out what percentage of the portfolio should be in in bonds, um, what should be in say UK equities, what should be in global, and what should be say in emerging emerging markets, because each of those different asset classes has a different level of risk. So once you know what level of risk you want to take, you can then mix up that portfolio into bonds, equities, emerging markets, or, or say commercial property, um, and then end up with a, a risk level that's right for you, either the higher risk or, or the lower risk. So that, that's kind of a, the first step that, that we would always encourage clients to do anyway, um, because that, that's the kind of key building block. And then the next stage, given that we're talking about ESG and sustainable investments, is, is then to, to work out what funds are appropriate, given you want an ESG 
um, tilt to the whole investment thing. And that's that's working out what the balance is between, you know, excluding funds, um, but also owning funds, which is, you know, owning some of the bad stuff for, you know, all the engagement reasons I've said earlier. So and, and work, you know, and being yeah, it's certainly my opinion, it's OK to own bad companies. You know, it's it, it's it's not a it's not a from an ESG perspective, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and also sometimes, you know, certainly the moment in the UK, in, in, in these, some of these asset classes, there are no suitable funds that exist. So I, I would encourage clients to be comfortable with the fact that, you know, sometimes they might have to use non-ESG funds. So, and that, that kind of fits into, you know, the fact that we, it's, it's kind of a journey. The whole investment thing is a journey. It, it's, and we would, we would be, um, we're comfortable talking about taking steps in the right direction you know it's not we're not going to change the planet overnight um it, it's you know the the development in the products in this in this area is is growing um and and the, the availability of the products we can access um and, and the cost of those products will be will be reducing over time um and i i, I think there will be you know it'll be easier and easier over the next you know two or three years um, I, I, I think it's an exciting time for investors. I think, I think you know, certainly those who want to make a difference. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, you know, that the possibilities are there, and we think it'll be worth it. Absolutely, I, I reckon there's there's a lot of dentists now who are reassessing their their investment portfolios and and looking to, I guess, um, invest more sustainably. And I, I know you just said that there is a pressure to do that, but don't perhaps put too much pressure on yourself to do that. It's okay to, to not rush into that. But for those who, who are maybe looking to rejig their investments and, and maybe take that step, where, where do they start? Because obviously, you know, they've got their, their money tied up in, in investments already. And how do they start to rebalance that? It sounds quite, from my perspective anyway, it sounds like it could be a bit of a daunting task. <laughs> uh, well, I think most of the platforms that they will already be invested on, you know, if they're with Nutmeg or Hargreaves Lansdowne or Fidelity, um, the platforms will have a range of funds that they can access. Um, some of them have the words ESG in, some of them have you know, green. Um, some of them might have similar words to our portfolio, which is positive futures. So it's 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 you know the name the name of the fund will probably indicate the fact that it, it it's a green type fund. Um, and and then it's just a case of of working out what level of risk you want to take. Um, obviously, it, <laughs> some people want to do it themselves, and that that you know that, that obviously these solutions exist. For those that don't want to do it themselves, obviously the the solution is to um, log on to a website and uh, find out find out how we do it. Perfect. Well, thank you very much um, for coming on today, um, Thomas. It's been really, really interesting. I think given, like I said earlier, what's been going on in November, this kind of conversation is particularly relevant and definitely one that our listeners will be interested in. So hopefully you've answered their initial questions and if they've got any more, they know they know where to head after this. Yep, super. Thanks for having me, Gabby.